This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Horror Bites on Safe Room, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I'm haggard, hungover, and investigating murder, and I'm joined by the dream warrior, Jay Krieger. This week, we are stuck in a recurring nightmare and then out to serve, uh, solve a brutal murder with a horrific twist. These games can be found on Itch.io, and if you play them, enjoy them, make them happy little games, or helping developers out with a few coins, or maybe even just following their project. But before we get into the games to speak, I think this is an episode to, is a fine time to remind ourselves that many of the games we cover are prototypes, game jam entries, and general work in pro- you know, progress projects. So, you know, that means sometimes they don't end up playing all that smoothly. But, you know, what we're always aiming for when we talk about them is the intent. You know, and that's what's important. So, yes, uh, that ended up being with these games, I think, a reason to pick them together and pair them uh, as we did, as we've been doing episodes in bulk <laughs> recently. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, Jay, uh, tell us what you have brought this week. So for this week, I brought to the table Recurring Nightmare from Brown RISD Game Developers, mm. which is a student organization that's focused on creating collaborative student-led game projects. So for Recurring Nightmare, there were eight contributors across art, programming, and sound roles. Mm. And in this game, a child is attempting to survive that which goes bump in the night, and it is a horror platformer that has a day-night cycle. So during the day, you're going to be traversing this house in almost like a Metroidvania-style sort of layout, and you're going to be collecting resources that then can help you survive the night because when that night cycle kicks in, that's when the survival aspect starts because monsters appear and they you know, will try to uh, put you into that eternal slumber and whatnot. Mm. If you're able to survive three nights, three passes through that day-night cycle, you escape the nightmare and you beat the game. So I picked Recurring Nightmare right from the, page, the Itch.io page because of the art yeah. style. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about um, twee horror, I think, within the last mm-hmm. year, um, just targeting horror games or just, you know, coming upon them that have a more broad appeal, you know, whether that be their content-wise and whatnot. Um, but something like this, I was really interested to see how they could take this art style that um, seems to be very, you know, kind of 
teen-friendly, kid-friendly, and how they could apply it to this small, bite-sized slice of horror. And, you know, I thought that that was something that came across well with what was delivered here. You know, you have this nice tutorial art style that breaks down sort of the fundamentals of this game and whatnot that does a good job of kind of selling it, setting the mood and whatnot. You know, you play a kid draped in a blanket. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's pretty apparent that this is, uh, you know, kid-focused. Um, but then I would say that the art style, you know, carries over even from the character model that the player controls, but also to one or two of the monsters that you encounter. One of them is like a possessed book yeah. that will spit things at you. And then the other enemy you'll encounter is basically like a mutant fly man. Um, but overall, you know, I liked the presentation. I liked the art style of the world. It felt like an area that I wanted to explore more of, even if I couldn't necessarily do that, which I'll get into uh, in a minute. But, you know, I thought from just an artistic standpoint, and when you look at that breakdown on the Itch.io page of the 18 contributors, I think at least a third of them are art yeah. or artists. Um, so very clearly like a group of very, uh, you know, artists that are very talented and whatnot, I think. Um, you know, I would say for the day-night cycle, I like it in theory, yeah. right, that you have that very traditional breakdown of daytime is for scavenging can't really mess around because you need to find those resources that that will help you survive the night when, you know, you're being uh, pursued by monsters and whatnot. The game has these floaty controls, which I thought worked for the fact that this kind of is getting that nightmarish uh, setting and whatnot and that kind of vibe to this. So I thought that the floaty controls were pretty cool for the platformer nature of it. It was less about being sort of precise and it was more about sort of just the way in which you can kind of navigate this area in a way that might be haphazard at times because of the fact you know you're dealing with this unnatural configuration of a house but also mm. trying to avoid monsters um, the issues that i had with recurring nightmare and it's to your point earlier the intro about the fact that you know this is uh clearly a project that i think it's still in the early days yeah. um and you know, granted, the page doesn't say that on Itch.io. It doesn't say this is a work in progress or anything, but it's very clear once you start playing this that while they have the visual component nailed down, the gameplay component is going to need some work. Um, for starters, I would fall through platforms at times, which you know stops me from exploring a good deal of the actual environment. Um, I also had the issue where you know when you jump onto a staircase, you can't walk up the stairs. You have to jump to the next step, or sometimes it won't even let you initiate a jump yeah. and you kind of have to walk off the platform and fall and then try that over again. Um, I also couldn't interact with any items or there weren't items added that said there would be there. So that again is potentially indicating that this is more proof of concept and things will be added mm. or updated in the future. Um, but the one thing that was actually implemented that I think needs to go back to the drawing board is the time length or time distinction for the day night cycle because each of those periods is like 20 seconds long yeah. and that's not enough time to do almost anything no. um so barely even to get a handle on like oh okay i can go to this area but i think that it's more annoying with that time limit because of the fact as soon as your 20 seconds is up it automatically resets and sends you back to the yeah. starting area which is frustrating because again i want to begin to try to master this house and explore this house. But I have these 
pretty um, significant time constraints in that regard. And also just the nature of trying to nail down the platformer uh, controls, which again, I like the floaty aspect of it, but when the environment itself is at times inconsistent with how you can actually interact mm. with it. And then at night, complicating things with, you know, having to avoid enemies and things and projectiles. Um, it was quite frustrating considering how eager I was to actually like get into this and play this as a Metroidvania and, you know, it having uh, some survival aspects to it. So, you know, like you said, this is a proof of concept clearly, even if they don't state it as such, yeah. um, because, you know, it needs to iron out some of those things. But this is why at times we cover things that are proof of concepts, because I think what they have here from the visual standpoint is really, really strong. Mm. And it has a great identity to it that I think if they continue to evolve on the more gameplay side of things and flesh that world out more, um, this could be something that, you know, we could come back to and could, uh, you know, either flourish as a, a bigger bite size slice of horror or perhaps, you know, a larger experience. But how did you get on with recurring nightmare? Did you have some of the uh, same issues? That yes. I did? Yeah. That's uh <laughs> it, it very much so um again yeah, i get what you're saying there with the floaty platforming and you know how it fits the theme yeah that, make, that does make sense i did not like it so i will say that much um i think it made it imprecise in a way that should be forgiving but is often punishing because yeah when it comes to the, the granular detail that they got in terms of what can and cannot be jumped onto and jumped off of it starts to become a bit floaty in the wrong sense you know um yeah there's bits of it that reminded me of an old uh, genesis mega drive game called flicky and you know and i didn't like that game and <laughs> so that that didn't help but it, you know on the other side of it you know the, like you said the way it looks and the idea behind it is quite smart i think it would be quite good as a like throwback to the sort of platformy type things we had from that era um you know, even like the character design in being huddled in the blanket it makes it a memorable sort of character in that sense. But yeah, it just, just seems a bit bare bones, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And I think that's unfortunate. But being a student project, being early in, you know, that's understandable. You know, especially if it's, you know, one of the first things they've done or, you know, they are learning as a group. And you know, I think we've said this before, but smaller projects with less people tend to do better because you are having someone not thinking, well, someone will do that bit or someone will do that bit. You know, like that. the bigger you build the team, the more chance there is for someone not to pull, you know, the same thing out of the bag as someone else because, not because they can't, but because communication might not be there, you know, and like, especially if you're students and you're classmates rather than a team, so to speak. That could be, you know, we've seen both sides of it, I think, yeah, with student work especially. You know, we've seen where you know, they've got the idea and been fairly cohesive and understood where they can kind of cut out, you know, the uh, limitations and you know, compensate for them. So, yeah, it's just unfortunate that this is one of the more apparent examples of, you know, they've got one side on the right track, the other needs a bit more work, I think it's... The, the best thing you can say yeah i think it's you know it's not terrible it's just frustrating i think was the best way to put it yeah so yeah it's unfortunate to have to talk about a game like that on here and you know as we always say we're trying to look at both sides of it the 
you know, the intent is always the point. Um, so, you know, uh, before we go to our second pick, uh, we are going to take a suitably short break. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome back. Uh, we are on to the second pick now. And this is Checkout by Halfline Games. Uh, short intro here. It's a noir detective game where reality becomes more what the deeper you investigate. Um, now, this stood out for me, uh, like you said, but the like, previous game, because of the art style. Yeah, and just this whole sort of pixely thing. And one of my favorite things you can get on HBO is like where someone puts like a, you know, a GIF style thing. You know, is there a header image for it? So you get like a little flavor of what the game is like in that sense. You know, that first thing of like the um, big city buildings that look dilapidated and that sort of brown back, you know, uh, color palette and the little flickering lights. It's like, oh, yeah, that's managed to capture what it's going for straight away. Brilliant, like that. And yeah, going into it, I thought it would be a bit more point and click, but it turns out it's, you know, bit more interactive than that. It's more like a modern point and click, if you will, where you have you know, control over a character and you can just interact with the environment sort of way. And yeah, I, you know, to begin with, it was like a really good atmosphere going on. You know, I lo- liked how you know, noir it felt. It felt a little jazzy in places in the best play- way. And I don't know, it just starts unraveling a bit because not everything seems to be fixed I think is the best way to put it um that there are things that don't work out you get stuck in places things interactions that don't work uh the first time more than once I had to sort of restart and go through things to try and power through you know it's very simple things and it's kind of lacking structure I think is the biggest problem at some points you know, like it has this, you know, whole clue system that you, you know, oh, you collect clues, you put them together, and sometimes that doesn't work, and you're left with like one thing to look at, or you know, you're able to go places you probably shouldn't. Like you walk off the other side of the screen thinking it will take to the next screen, and you just keep walking forever. If you, well, yeah, and you literally come back will take you the same amount of time, and it's, it's sloppy little things like that that made it a bit disappointing. You know, but persevering with it and just getting around those things there's something there you know there really is a great mood to it a nice little twist on what they're doing it's just a shame that yeah it's a bit messy at this point how, how did you uh, end up getting on with this well i was really a fan of the atmosphere and the sort of stage setting mm. right i think like you i'm a fan of the art style but having that jazz while you're looking at the sort of city skyline for the intro or the title screen of it um, was a great sort of primer and then the fact that as soon as you press start, the camera just shifts down to the street yeah. level and it gets you right into it. And it's got that very moody, pulpy, noir aspect to it. Um, I was a huge fan of. And, you know, that aspect of it, I think, is what was the most interesting because, you know, the few character interactions you have, it feels like the sort of 
dime novel pulpy yeah. uh, type of thing where, you know, you play this detective and you have a relationship with everybody. Everybody knows you. And most of the time people are, you know, in a shitty mood, chain smoking cigarettes. They don't have the best relationship with this detective. And, you know, it's more humorous in that regard. Yeah. Um, but that was a great sort of just atmosphere to establish within the opening moments um, and whatnot. And for the clue board, you know, on paper, I like the idea, yeah. right? Something that is going to allow you without a great deal of handholding to begin to piece together these different clues that are tied up in the mm -hmm. crime. That being said, you know, there does need to be a bit more structure surrounding that mechanic because it feels a bit aimless. Yes. Um, and as you said, the sort of messy, unpolished nature of this, sometimes things just don't interact yeah. the way that they should. Um, you know, I would string along a couple of clues together and you know it made me laugh when you can take the different clues which are basically photos that you put on this board mm. and you connect like a piece of string to it and it made me feel like uh charlie day from that episode of it's always <laughs> sunny with uh pepe silva when he's like trying to connect all these dots and all these crazy theories and whatnot because you know no matter what i was connecting and even if you know the piece of string would basically turn green and say like oh yeah these are connected nothing came mm. of that um, at least in my playthrough. And then, you know, I got to a point where I was investigating in it, probably the second environment and I tried to go upstairs and it just wouldn't let me go upstairs. So that was basically the end of my time yeah, with this. You couldn't um, get back out either. So it was like, it's yeah, like, and you couldn't yeah. leave. Um, and I definitely at one point was like checking my phone and moving in one direction. And then I was like, oh, I've just been wandering off screen for like <laughs> 10 seconds. Um, but, you know, I think that these two games, what they have in common is that they at least seem to be like visually very strong and clear in what they want to set out yeah. to do, which, you know, to be fair, I would almost say that that is more important than releasing something that, you know, might be functional, but perhaps it lacks a defining identity in a way that, you know, actually makes it a project that stands mm. out from a creative standpoint, at least in my opinion, because you know, you can have a game that functionally works, but if it's just this kind of bland experience that I forget about 60 seconds after I play yeah. it, it's like, was that a good use of time? Whereas here it has a strong visual style and, you know, more time and attention paid to obviously the gameplay mechanics um, could make this into something very special mm. along the line with, uh, you know, recurring nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, at least with this, there is the uh, disclaimer that it does say it's a prototype and a demo. So it is... You know, still very much a bare bones thing of what they're trying to make. So that's why, you know, I can look at this and go, it's not, you know, laziness. It's, we're not taking anything like that. I'm not saying it's deliberate that they've just messed up things. It's, they are, it's just not there yet, you know. But, you know, if you it's been put out there to be tested and tried. So, you know, that's kind of what we have to give the feedback on. And, you know, I think, as you said, the big thing you can take away from it is, you know, visually they've got the identity down and there are the bare bones of something here that will end up being better than this you know, without a doubt so that's always the best thing to see in these games so yeah um yeah so an interesting uh week this week with those two uh we are wrapping things up now but if you are a developer of an indie horror game demo concept or game jam entry uh we'd love to hear from you you can drop us a dm at safer pod at, on I don't want to say it. Twitter. I'm going to say Twitter still. Um, uh, also, <laughs> we'll go to saferimport at gmail.com for email if you'd like to be highlighted or interviewed on the show. Uh, or you can head to the DMs of Horror Bites underscore SR on Twitter as well if you'd like to be promoted. <laughs>
there. Jay, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, we'll see you all next week. In the meantime, we'll keep searching for more horror bites.